Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. Okay, guys, thank you for joining us. I have my friend here, Sally Sierra Radigan. Um, she is an investor. She, um, she has some rentals. She is also a private money lender. She's a flipper. Uh, she's lent to flippers. I'm sorry. She's not a flipper. She's also done some development. And um, she's purchased properties from new construction, sold them. I mean, she's done a bunch of different things. She's known, she, she now she does a private money lending. She's actually working on a deal with my partner and I. We're doing a 146-unit deal we're working on together. She's awesome. She's amazing. And she's here to share her story and her expertise with all of you. Sally, say hello. Hi, how are you? Um, Sally, tell us about, tell us, take us from the beginning. Let me ask you this, Sally. Let me start here. Who was Sally in high school? Let's start there. Who was Sally in high school? I know you grew up in, uh, you grew up in New York City, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a native, your parents are from where? Tell us, tell us a little bit about you. I grew up on Staten Island, so I was born and raised in Manhattan uh, and went to school later on, but I really can say my roots are on Staten Island mm -hmm. and I graduated from Susan Wagner High School. During high school, I was um, pretty uh, quiet, uh, recreational partier on the weekends, but during the week mm -hmm. I was a serious student and I also worked. From the time I could get working papers when I was 14, I always had a job, always worked. Okay, so you worked, so, um, so here's the thing. So you, you, you come from a um, Latino background, right? Um, uh, as Latino. Yes, I'm Puerto Rican. My Puerto mother, Rican. my mother was born in Puerto Rico, but um, I was born here, born here. in Manhattan. Nice. I uh, we were living on the um, Upper West Side, Central Park West, in the, like 93rd Street. I lived in. We've lived in like you know anywhere from uh, 93rd Street and Central Park West, or up to as far as 150th Street in Sugar Hill, but eventually we moved to the South Bronx, and then I grew up in a girls' group home with my sister on Staten Island in Toad Hill. Okay, okay. So you, you've worked since the time, since I take it since 14, because that's the working mm -hmm. papers. I grew up in New York City as well. That's when they, mm -hmm. when they used to give us working papers. Uh, yeah. was 14, so you've always been work, so working. Um, uh, so you come from a Latino background. You grew up in Staten Island. Uh, tell, us, tell us about... Um, why real estate? How did you get involved with real estate? How did you get started in real estate? Take us to the Well, my ex-husband and I bought our first house in Maplewood, New Jersey in 1997. It was a really nice three-bedroom, two-bath colonial house. And that's when I started renovating homes. I loved it. I just seemed to have had a knack for it. And our house sold within four days. Um, so you wait. So you bought it. You lived there. And we lived there for three years, and then right. we, during the time I had renovated it, and when we decided to put it on the market, we literally sold it within four days. We had 
probably multiple buyers and we made a profit of $105,000. Um, nice. Yeah, that was a good one. And that was, that was good. And that was, that was the year before 9-11. Uh, if we had waited one more year, we would have made a lot more money because a lot of people were moving out of the city into mm -hmm. neighborhoods like Maplewood, New Jersey, because it was a 25 minute drive to downtown Manhattan. Okay. But, and then, and then, um, then we bought a house in Pennsylvania in Bucks County and in, in Buckingham, Doylestown. A lot of people know that area. And again, we bought, it was a really nice house, bigger. Each time we bought it, it was a bigger house. And. Uh, again, I started renovating from the bottom up. We practically rebuilt that house, built a pool, finished basement. And I was always the one dealing with the general contractors and all the subcontractors and choosing tiles and everything. And um, it became a, a nice project for me. And I became a stay-at-home mom. I was um, working in, uh, at home with the kids taking care of the house, taking care of the projects. And then eventually we moved to um, New Hope, Pennsylvania and a bigger house. And again, so more you, projects. So you sold, the, you sold the second one? Yes, after 13 years. Okay. And uh, unfortunately we lost some money on that one. It was the time period when we lost, when we sold it, it was 2013. Um, so obviously that was after the financial crisis. We didn't make any money on that one. We probably lost based on the amount of money we put into it. But when you think about it, and a lot of people don't see it from this perspective, we lived there for 13 years. We were raising our children. We entertained many family and friends. So we kind of feel like we got our money's worth in that way as well. And um, we didn't we didn't sell it at a huge loss. So we still we were still pleased about it it was a good it was a good sale and then our new newer property was much bigger so of course more money more projects and i was the one that was always handling it and dealing with the contractors and and i was the one that always had the vision and then my ex-husband and i got divorced three years ago and it was like oh my goodness after 20 years of being a stay-at-home mom and a stay at stay at home wife, I didn't work outside of the home. And it's like, okay, and my husband, my ex-husband was an investment banker. And of course, we had a lavish lifestyle. And now it's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to maintain this lifestyle that my children and I've become accustomed to? And I was looking for a new home for my kids and I. And again, I was running in realtors and they were taking me to these different houses. And I'm thinking, oh, they should do this and I would have done this with this house and and then I and, and and because of my personality with the realtors they and my age I'm 56 now um they were saying you know real estate's a great career for a woman at your age especially who hasn't been in the workforce all these years and um and I thought I never thought that I could get involved in real estate so once my divorce was settled and my kids and I moved back to New York, we live in downtown Manhattan, I started thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I went to like that um, franchise expo and Jacob Javis thinking, okay, I'll start my own business. And uh, eventually I signed on with Fortune Builders, which is a real estate education. And through them is how I learned about private money lending and rehabbing and um, flipping, and I met a lot of people like myself, like-minded, that are have 
or in real estate to buy properties, fix them, flip them, or to become landlords to buy and hold for cash flow and on and on. So I want to unpack because you gave us a lot of stuff. So oh, well, sorry, I know, I get started. <laughs> that's okay, that's all right. You gave us a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. Thank but you. I want to unpack some of that stuff, okay? Okay. So you bought, you went through four houses. I want to make sure, right, when you was married, you was mm -hmm. the one that was managing the projects. Um, then you guys went, you and your ex-husband were going through a divorce. You were a stay-at-home right. mom. Um, and, and like most of marriages, and not necessarily all the time, but most most relationships, the woman is the one that, that picks the colors and does all the things in the house. So you were managing the contractor. So you kind of got your, your schooling through that experience. I want to make sure I'm getting that right, right? Oh, no, that's correct. And we, mm -hmm. we did buy um, a fourth property that became a rental property that I uh, acquired as of our divorce okay. settlement that I've kept, yep. and that's on Staten Island in Westerly. That's my rental. And, um, and I totally renovated okay. the house as well. Yes, exactly. Yep. It, it, my experience was more from a personal experience, living and, and, and doing these projects. But one thing I do want to share is that a lot of times women in my position who hadn't worked outside of the home, totally dependent on their husband, um, oftentimes are afraid to leave the relationship, even though it might be unhealthy for them because they don't know if they're going to be able to support themselves. And um, for me, making that decision to to go on my own and to finally become an entrepreneur and start my company in real estate and becoming a real estate investor has empowered me and made me realize that I have um, I'm, I'm stronger and smarter than I thought I was awesome. and that and that I can do I could do this and I have been I'm doing it yes you are doing it yes you are so that that's kind of where i was going with it next is so i i know that well i don't know but i suspect and you can confirm or deny for me i suspect that uh, during that time when you were going through that divorce you you know there was some there were some challenges and there was probably some chatter in your head about can i do this what's next for me and maybe a little bit of fear and some limiting beliefs along with that, like, you know, can I, you know, am I good enough? Can I Absolutely. make Absolutely, all of the above. Right? Yes. Um, and, but yeah, here you are and you're thriving and you're doing your thing and you're investing and you're learning and you decided to go and, and, and invest in your education and I commend you for that. Um, Thank you. So, so I, want us to, I want you to share with our listeners, with those listening out there, maybe there's a woman or maybe there's a man Mm -hmm. or, and this is not, I know that the name of this podcast is Latinos in Real Estate Investing. This is for anyone. We're all human beings. So this is for anyone that might be going through a similar situation. How did you manage that? How did you manage that voice? How did you manage those challenges? Because I would suppose that that was not an easy task. Oh, what, it what totally, was it totally wasn't an easy task. Um, but I had a really good support system with some really close family and friends who knew me and supported me in whatever decision I made. Um, there was one family member that thought you're too old to start your own mm -hmm. business. And, and I think for me that irritated me and motivated me at the same time. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, I'll be damned if I'm going to be sitting at in a rocking chair in front of the TV knitting and I'm only <laughs> in my mid fifties, you know, mm -hmm. I have, I could, 
live for the next 30, 40 years. The amount of support that I got from my settlement is not going to support me for the rest of my life. I need to be smart about what I'm going to do with my money and investing it in, in, in my education and then later investing in real estate was the smartest thing I could have done. And, 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 then, and then also, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat. It wasn't easy. And yes, I did go to therapy. I do write. I journal. I read my Bible. I, I surround myself around positive, uh, like-minded people. So all of that helped me as well. And that's uh, one of my further questions, man. You, you, you're just hitting them all in the head. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about rituals in a little bit. So, um, so I, I, you said something that was very valuable. So you did not, because that, that tends to happen a lot um, with, uh, with family members. They want to project, it's projection. They want to project their stories onto us. So you had a family member projecting, you're too old to start your right. business. Right. That was their own story, not yours. And you rejected that. And I commend you for that. Good job. How did you manage that? How were you? How were you well, to, you know, it got to a point where it was, um, it was upsetting. It was scary. It was uh, starting to question my own self. What is she right? Should I just settle and buy a little house on Staten Island and be happy with that? And um, thankfully, I'm a very strong-willed person. And I was very clear with myself as to what I wanted and settling in what those few people that made that suggestion to not start my own business and just take my money and invest in a little house and be happy and go to museums and have lunch with friends and act like I'm already a 70-something-year-old woman was not what I wanted for myself. So it was, I had to do a lot of internal, um, have a lot of internal conversations and that's where the journaling came in and it was helpful. There was a period where I really kind of became um, reclusive and isolated just so that I could stay focused and stay away from the noise of the people that were trying to convince me otherwise, to not go with, with what my desires and my idea of what my future should look like. And, um, and once I got to a point where I really felt mentally and emotionally strong, then I was able to venture out and um, meet new people. It was almost um, a divine intervention when once I became really clear and I became strong within myself, I started attracting people that were the right people for me. I love that. I love that because one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, um, I've been to, I do a lot of Tony Robbins stuff. He talks about clarity being power. And mm -hmm. that's your power when you got your clarity. It's so it's so clear. It's so obvious. I did one of his um, uh, seminars last summer, last August. Which one? Did and you it do? was just for one one afternoon, and it was so powerful. And a lot of people that I know are like, oh, "You have to do his five day seminar." And I'm like, mm -hmm. "I'm yeah. down for it." <laughs> you yeah. know, his date with destiny changed my life. Um, mm -hmm. If there's anyone out there listening. Um, well, there, there's people listening, but anyone out there listening, looking for an event to do, if you, if there's an event, 
that you need to do. Um, there's two events, UPW with Tony Robbins, uh, Unleash the Power Within, and um, I know I'm plugging Tony Robbins in here. But right, he, right. <laughs> man changed my life, and I'm grateful for that. And he's, you know, he's one of my mentors. And uh, Date with Destiny, that that five-day event was just super powerful. Well, that I think is the one everyone was telling me about. But with COVID now, it might be a while before they'll be holding these type of uh, seminars, unless they do it online. But I don't know if you'll same. feel the same the energy. Same. You have to do this in not person. It was... I was I was weeping. I was so drained afterwards because he touched me in a way that I, I hadn't been touched in so you know many years. You know, you know what I found, Sally, and I want to just want to go on this real quick. Is I found that successful people, uh, there's a pattern. So success leaves clues. There's patterns to success, and successful people invest in themselves and. Mm. They invest in the books they read, they invest in the events they go to, they invest in the solitude, the time they spend alone, whether it's journaling. Um, right. I, want to talk about, I want to talk about your ritual a little bit, your morning ritual, if you have any, a little bit, because uh, you hinted towards some of that stuff. I journal, mm -hmm. I journal every single morning. I meditate, journal, exercise every single morning. That's just, that's my ritual. Uh, but I want to get into your little your ritual in a little bit. Um, but before I get into that, you talked about education. You decided to go and get your education. You mentioned fortune builders, by the way. Founders of fortune builders are also Tony Robbins guys. I know. Right. Yeah. Been, been around those. Sam Merrill, Paul, yeah. and and, and uh, what is it? DJ or JD? JD Ascensions, the brothers. So, uh, you decided to invest in yourself and in, in education, and I want to I want to make sure that we're clear that that I'm that I'm speaking in clarity to people about the type of education that we're talking about. So there is a traditional education that we are, especially in the Latino community and in America, just as a whole, right. we're told you have to go to college, you have to go to the university, get a degree, then get a job, blah, 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 blah. Right, That's right. the type of education that Sally is talking about here. Sally's talking about specialized knowledge education uh, that's the type of education I believe in. I believe in that type of specialized knowledge education. I believe in personal development education. That is the best education you, that I believe a human being can get is understanding themselves and getting clear, like you did, Sally, on mm -hmm. who they are and what they want because your clarity is your power. So tell us about that. Tell us about that education. Uh, so here you are now, divorce, you're trying to figure it out. You're getting some clarity. And then how did you get involved in being a private money lender? With, with, how did you get involved with all of that? Well, I had uh, the bulk of my divorce settlement in stocks. And it was during um, October of 2018 when I was at a boot camp that uh, Fortune Builders was having in Dallas. And I met a guy there who we now call mark the lender before, and, um, before you tell us about the boot camp tell me about how did you find out about the boot camp because well i um i found out about fortune builders through a commercial on tv yeah dan merrill was advertising the fortune builders real estate education on on tv and um and and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So they offered a free uh, one-day seminar in Philadelphia. At the time, I was living in Pennsylvania. And, and this might have been like in 2017 or 2016. And, and I kept putting it off, and eventually I attended. And then I signed on for a two-day weekend thing. And 
and that was just like $200. And, and then I signed on to go to this longer weekend event. And finally, I met some people there and I was like, I'm in, I'm just in. And I just felt like, okay, well, I have a certain period between now and when I'm not going to receive any more support. And I need to figure out where I'm going to learn and what I'm going to learn and how I can start my business. And through Fortune Builders, they encourage you to start your own business. And I titled my company Successful Property Solutions because yeah. I intended to be successful. Yeah. And, um, and the boot camps are... You, you, they're in every city of the U.S. once a month. They've attended at Atlanta, in Dallas, in Orlando, in Chicago, all over Ohio, and they provide different classes in wholesaling and acquisitions, in rehabbing properties, in learning how to um, get people to invest in your projects. Uh, uh, learning about personal development. They're huge on that. They encourage you to do a lot of reading. They, they recommend certain books to read, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends um, and Influence People. And these are books that I've recently have read, and one of them I'm currently still reading. Um, they encourage you to work your calendar, start watching what you eat, start working out that Everything, the way you think, the way you feel about yourself, the way you look has a whole affects who your future and your business and everything. Um, they teach you about sales and communication, sales negotiation. I also signed on for their commercial real estate and syndication because I was interested in that as well. Um, so there's a lot. And, and when you go to these boot camps, you meet people from all over the United States, some even from out of the country. I've met people from Canada and England and just to name a couple of places. And it's just wonderful because everybody is very supportive and everybody's like-minded and everybody is in that frame of their life where they want to succeed and they want to learn how to succeed and they want to better themselves and possibly start a legacy for their families. So now you got your, you, you, you went to the boot camp, you got your education. Now, so you got specially specialized education guys. So I want to make sure that this is clear. This is specialized education. Yes. This is a particular skill to be in. So you can get this thing. You can, you can learn how to be an investor through different ways. You can learn how to be an investor, trial and error, right? right. You can learn how to be an investor, which I tried, it, I got burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn how to be an investor, trial and error. You can learn how to be an investor through a mentor, or you can pay someone to teach you how to do or it. Or like with, with Fortune Builders, is they've over, they started um, doing their own flips and they had a show call uh flip this house and then eventually they started this this education for real estate and um what they teach you is the system that they developed over the last 15 years through their own trial and errors and if you follow their system you're like almost guarantee success you know guarantee success in acquiring uh, uh real estate properties and being able to um, get investors to invest in your projects or to teach you how to be, how to become a private money lender to protect your 
yourself so that you don't end up losing your shirt. There's so much that they teach you. So much. You learn so much of the things that we don't learn at home as Latinos. Where there's so much of the money aspect of the business. Oh, and about financing. Financing is so, so, so important. That that's something they should teach in high school, I believe. And 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 Napoleon Hill touches up on that in Think and Grow Rich, and so does um, Robert. I forget his last name. And Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, they, you have to learn about that stuff. Let's talk about your first deal. So now you got your education and tell us about your very first deal as an investor. So now you got your education. What was your first deal like? Tell us about that. Well, my first deal in signing on with Fortune Builders is actually this new construction that I'm going to be closing on in June 12th. And that one took a lot longer than I anticipated. Originally, it was for me and my kids. And then we got comfortable in our apartment in downtown Manhattan. So I decided I'm going to flip it. But after meeting several people through multiple boot camps, there were a few group of us that I continuously saw and I saw the change in all of us and the growth that I decided to invest in some of their flips. And I had invested in seven flips in Ohio, all of which cost me 12, I, I earned 12% interest and all of them have sold Beautiful. within a year. And, cool. um, and then I have three in Atlanta that I'm still waiting. One just sold and I have two more. Um, and, and I haven't lost any money, thankfully. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is not to lose. It's to yeah, win, exactly. right? Uh, so, so you've done seven flips as a private money and then two in Atlanta, right? Seven no, in three in Atlanta. So in total, 10, I was a 10, uh, almost 11, but that one didn't pan out in New Jersey. So I got my earnest money back. Yeah. But um, yes, yes so you, I you, did. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So there's a saying in our business, that, as you know, those with the money, those with the money make the rules in uh, <laughs> <laughs> real estate. Which is which is awesome. Um, tell us about your very first deal, right? So you you so so guys, I, I hope that you know those those listening, they're um, they're, they're listening to what she, to what Sally's saying. She she got around. She got around like-minded people. She didn't listen to her family's opinion about her about what she should be doing. She got clear with herself on what she wanted, and she went out. And she spent time alone to get that clarity, reading, being around like-minded people. She made a decision. There's a, there's a, there's a three-step thing that I, that I like to teach my students when I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm mentoring someone is you first have to decide, and I, and I saw it in this process, so you first decided that you was going to do something with yourself. Then you committed, and then you took action. So mm. those people in those, in those programs that you saw their growth, was because they were taking action. And while companies like, like the one you mentioned, they have, uh, they give you a system, a systematic approach on how to do this business or how to flip or, or, or whatever area you want to play in, it requires action. Without yes. action, nothing happens. It requires action. It requires belief. It requires clarity, which you have. You do 10... So you wouldn't have invested in 10 deals if you, if you, if you didn't have that, if you right. weren't willing to take action. If you now, to now, to be totally clear, too, it, I'm still 
still a work in progress. I'm still learning. And I realized that a part of me was doing it a little lazy because I was like, wait a minute, I can give you my money. You can do all the sweat equity. And then I earn interest. I love that idea, right? That's beautiful. That's the principle. But you still need to be careful in exactly who it is you're dealing with, exactly who you're investing with, and to make sure that that person knows what they're doing. Now, however, a couple of the people that I became a private money lender on their projects uh, were not seasoned. They were young. They were inexperienced. And... um, so they didn't know what they were doing and it took a lot longer for them to do what they had said they were going to do. Eventually they did it, but, um, you so tell, us, tell us the story about that. Tell us the story about one of the, the, that one of those, tell us that story. How did that go down? Um, well, one of them, he, a couple of them, well, one of them in particular, the one that I did the most with and they're most expensive with, um, I just saw something special in that person. I felt he was young, but I also felt like somebody needs to give him an opportunity that he may not get because he's young, had bad credit, doesn't have any money, doesn't have any experience. When is this person going? Who? Someone's going to have to believe in them and give them that, um, that chance. And I took that chance and I did that. And it felt good for me because yes, I'm in the business to make money, but I'm also in the business to help people and to help empower people because somewhere down the line, somebody did that for me. And, um, and, and so, so that person every day, well, not every day, but when we, whenever we talk, he always says, thank you for believing in me. You know, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And, and I know we'll do more deals down the line and, and, and hey, we're making money, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling because I'm making money and it's a great feeling because I'm helping somebody. And I also believe that college isn't for everybody. And, and, and I think that we need to have more specialized, you know, schooling or specialized knowledge, training, more mentors, more people such as myself that's in a position that can help somebody and teach somebody to do that 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 is that is amazing that is that is amazing um what, what we find so and i, I want to just say this to to a lot of the listeners there is what i find in traveling in these circles and talking to other investors and you probably may find the thing too sally is that we do real estate investing initially we think it's for the money we think it's for the money and ultimately when you get down seven levels deep into the why, which you've probably done before, your true why mm-hmm. becomes about contributing and giving and serving and right. more time with your family and giving more opportunities for others and serving others. When you, most of us, when we get deep, deep down, it comes down, hey, we're investing for these. That's our true why. And I'm so glad that you did Well, that for Martin, also for a single woman now, when my children were always used to seeing me being at home, cooking and cleaning and taking care of the family. And I have four grandkids because I have two older daughters that are have kids. And um, they were used to me just dropping off the kids. And now it's like, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm on a phone call or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to a meeting or I'm traveling. And in the beginning, 
they thought it was funny, but now they're actually proud of me and they support me and they love it. And they're, you know, impressed with, Hey mom, now I'm boss lady. And I love that. I And I want, I want other women out there. And, and I, you know, I, I think this is very encouraging to other women that may be in your situation that, Hey, they can do it too. They, they, they can, they can, they can turn their life and, and be in that place like you. You know what I mean? They can be uh, flipping or buying or doing things. They just got to decide. They got to decide and commit and take action. Right. You know, right. Wh wherever they are. Um, I want you to tell, tell, tell our listeners, what have you learned um, that you would share with your younger self starting out as an investor? What would you tell a young new investor coming in into this business? What, you know, what would you tell your younger self? Oh my, do your due diligence <laughs> for, for sure. Do your due diligence. And I wish I had the money I have now when I was younger, because especially in Manhattan and the Lower East Side and Soho, mm -hmm. if I had had even a quarter of the money to buy some of these buildings and renovate them, man, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah. it, but also now for myself is a lot of communities are being gentrified and people um, dislike investors coming into their communities because of that. And now it's, they're making it unaffordable to the people that originally have lived in those communities for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, for me, I want to go into those neighborhoods and be able to make them nice again, but make them so that the people that currently live there can continue to live there. Mm. You know, I want to be able to provide housing for survivors of domestic violence or reform addicts or reform prisoners because everybody deserves a second chance. I also would love to be able to provide affordable housing for someone that doesn't qualify to live in public housing and who then the way some of these public housing look like why would you want to live there mm -hmm. but also can can afford to buy their own house but want to be able to raise their family for themselves live in a healthy safe really nice place that they can feel proud about living in um the middle class people get screwed all the time and the, mm -hmm. so i have a lot of goals um, besides making money in real estate, but I, a lot of it is really to help people, to help. just to help people. So, uh, I, my next question is what has been one of, what is one limiting belief that you had early on as an investor that you've overcame? Limiting belief, meaning a story you, you, and you, you know what? It's something that I think many, many people have, regardless of what walk of life they come from. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was always, I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough. I didn't think I was smart enough. You're to, not alone on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it matters. Mm -hmm. You know, something happened to us as kids where we grow up thinking we're not smart enough we're not good enough and um that can be very very limiting but you you touched up on making a decision being really crystal clear on what what it is that you want but and 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 once you make that decision now you need to start making a plan mm -hmm. how 
you going to reach your goals? What is it that you need to do every day or every week or every month or every year to get to wherever go, whatever goal you have? And yes, you do need to go into action. And in reading Think and Grow Rich, there was a, a chapter where it says, I believe it was organized planning, which was the longest chapter. It said, go into action with whatever tools you have now. You know, and yes, you might make some mistakes, but then you can adjust your plans. But mm -hmm. if you never, if you're waiting for the perfect moment, you're never going to take action. Oh my gosh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That is beautiful. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> That's something that I'm, I've yeah. learned too. Yes, that is beautiful. That is beautiful, ladies and because gentlemen. Because when I first started with Fortune Builders, it, it took me a good... Uh, seven eight months before i did anything because i kind of felt like well i still need to go keep going to all these boot camps and i got to keep learning and i got to do the curriculum and i got to meet more people and i have to learn more i have to learn more and there was at some point it was like how many boot camps are you going to go to how many people do you need to meet how many books do you need to read you just have to stop and just do something you know take action and when I started doing that it felt good and then I started working on myself and I started working out on a regular basis I started by one day a week then two days a week and eventually got up to like five six days a week and watching what I was eating and I lost 40 pounds last year unfortunately during COVID I gained back 15 but I have that mindset that I know I, I can do it because I did it and I'm going to do it again. So I'm not worried about these 15 pounds I gained. Once things get a little more normal again, I'm going to get back to it. But it, it just, my whole life changed. My whole mindset changed. And, and I'm happy I, I made those changes. Uh, that, that, is, that is just amazing. I'm, I'm so glad that we we're having this uh, conversation because I believe it's going to help so many people, especially with the I'm not good enough story. Um, I, I want to share something with the listeners out there. If, if many of you are, because I was, I was that. Uh, with that, I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. I've never been to college. I don't have a college degree. I have specialized knowledge. As you, as you know, Sally, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. I host a real, local real estate investors meetup here locally. And uh, this is what I do. So I'm also a certified hypnotherapist and a certified coach. So I mm. do a lot on mindset, a lot of mindset. This game is 80% mindset, 20% skill set. So uh, the strategy in this game is input, output, input, output. In, in any game, anything you want to succeed at, the strategy is learn and take action on what you learn. Learn. Take action on what you learn. So learn and teach, learn and do, learn and teach, learn and do, learn and do. That's how you, that's how you get better. You know, right. you, you pointed out something so powerful and is look around you, look at the resources that you have and take action with what you have with where you are. So right. if, you, if you're out there and you have bad credit, if you're out there and maybe you're single, you're going through a divorce and maybe, and maybe you don't. You, you, you don't have a job. Let me tell you something. I'm going to encourage you. The world is always changes, changing. Circumstances are always changing. If you have the right mindset where your focus goes, your energy flows and results show. 
If you look for the good, you will find the good in any situation. Learn to take the attitude like Sally to, to get clear, to continuously improve. Sally said it. She said, you, you, you said it, you alluded to it. You said, um, what I have, I took everything I have and I just, you, you just finally said, how many more boot camps am I going to go to? How much more do I have to learn? Ladies and gentlemen, one thing about this business is this business is a team sport. You don't right. need to know everything. Yes. You don't yes. need to know everything, right? There's people that you surround yourself with. And Robert Kiyosaki talks about that all the time. That's one of the people I follow, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Talks about that all the time. This is a team sport, right? You've got to surround yourself with the right people to help you. To Where are those people, right, Sally? We're but also, people. but also, when thinking grow rich, he Napoleon Hill calls it the mastermind group. Mastermind group, yeah. So, so you don't have to know everything. Like Henry Ford didn't know how to build a car, but he surrounded himself with people that did, right? Yes, ma'am. You just even even um, uh, Andrew Carnegie, he didn't know about the steel company, but he he surrounded himself with people that did it's the same thing with us. We don't know everything about real estate, but we know who to go to. We know who to, who can help us along the way. The most important thing you just said is being resourceful, having right. the ability to get resourceful. Your, our most important asset is not um, our, our, our ability to earn or do or flip or, or do a deal or get a deal, whatever. It's our ability, your, our, you and my most important asset is our resourcefulness, our ability to figure it out, our ability to figure out how to put the pieces together. It's our ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, can you help me? Do you, do you do this? How do I do this? Is that's your, your most important asset is your ability to get resourceful. You don't have to know everything. You don't, you don't need to even have money. You just need to know someone that's willing to partner up with you that has money to do the deal. What you need is the education, mm. right? So there's a saying in this, in this, in this, in our industry, and you've probably heard it, Sally. And it's um, good deals follow money. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that good deal fo only follow money. I believe that competence with a good deal follows money. Mm. If you're not competent, it doesn't matter if you have a good deal money's not going to go to that deal if you don't know what to do with it. So get your education, mm -hmm. educate yourself, learn, read. So one last question, a few last questions for you is actually, I got a few more questions. Um, tell us about your ritual. You talked about doing exercise. You talked about uh, tell me about your what your ritual looks like, Sally. I'm still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're all Last, a work in progress. Yeah. We're yes, all a work I, in progress. So my current ritual is waking up in the morning and uh, after making a cup of coffee is reading mm -hmm. my Bible and writing in my journal. Right. And, um, and then I start, it seems like immediately my work day starts where I'm getting phone calls and I'm uh, doing housework and stuff. And I haven't been doing my workout, so I need to implement that back into my life because... I'm not liking the way I'm feeling lately. So yes. Um, but what I've learned is also having faith in myself, having faith in myself, having faith in my 
desire, my decision, having faith in my God, um, believing that things happen for a reason and you are where you are. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that is what's been going through my mind. But yes, for sure. It's interesting at once you start, and then meditating as well. I've been meditating as well. Um, and once you meditate, you become very intuitive. And once you're intuitive, mm-hmm. it's easier to make decisions, quicker and easier to make good, sound decisions and know um, when you can trust someone. You just, it's just, you just become so much more intuitive when you meditate. Yes. I so agree with you on that. I've been meditating for four years now. And when I, oh, miss, wow. a day, when I miss a day, like I'm off. Yes. Like I'm, yes. Off, like, I'm like literally, I'm, I'm, I'm off. So you talked about your ritual. You wake up, coffee, journal, workout, <laughs> meditate, Bible. I mean, guys, success leaves clues, okay? If you look at successful people, most successful people have a ritual in the morning. They have a ritual and it's to take care of them, a way to take care of themselves and manage their mindset. This game is 80% mindset, 20% skill set. Can I add one more thing? Yes, ma'am. What I notice is, uh, what I notice for myself is I stop watching as much TV and I'm reading and writing more. I'm being more productive because of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that I have less time to waste with people and things that don't benefit me or my goals. Uh, that is, <laughs> you said on so many good points. <laughs> Daddy, thank you so much. I want to, I want to leave our, I want to leave our, our, um, our listeners with, give us your top, top book, your top recommendation for business book and your top recommendation for personal development book. Do you have any? <sighs> Well, right now for um, personal development, I totally believe in the Think and Grow Rich, but you can't read that as if it's a novel. You have to read that as it's a textbook and read one chapter a week and work with a group and discuss it and do the workbook and a task. Um, You really learn a lot about yourself and about being a leader and and being really clear on what your future is. Also, as far as a business book, besides think, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that opened my mind to um, real estate and becoming an entrepreneur. But he also recommended the 16% solution that I'm, next is on my list of books to read. And someone else said the greatest salesman in the world, I think it is. Yeah, that's is a great that? book. That's a yes. great book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Greatest yes. salesman in the world. Right there. Yes. And that's, that's on my list of books to read next. So. Okay. Um, any words of encouragement or empowerment that you like to leave our listeners with, number one? And then number two, is there um, any way that anyone can reach you if they want to connect with you somehow, maybe an email, or, or um, if anyone wants to connect with you some, some way, somehow, how would they get a hold of you if they want to connect with you? Um, to thy own self be true. Mm right to thyself be true is a a shakespearean quote and the best way to reach me is info at successfulpropertysolutions.com thank you guys for listening this was a great interview with um sally 
Thank you, Sally, for, 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 doing, for doing this and sharing with our listeners here. And um, we hope to have you back on here soon. Thank you, Martin, for inviting me. It was, uh, it was refreshing to, to be a part of this. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com.